Ford. All right, so we're going to turn loose some preachers tonight. We're excited about this. And uh, I was figured, trying to figure out who I was going to let preach first. And I seen Luke put on this, looks like he's at the McDonald's drive through thing that he's went and got somewhere. So I said, son, if you're that ready, just go ahead. So y'all make welcome Luke Waldrop. About five to seven minutes. Good evening. There we go. I need to take a second for it to finally load up. That's why I was testing it out. Um, the reason we're going with this one uh, tonight is the one for this panel that clips on right here. It wasn't picking up a good audio feed, and the audio feed was just better right in front of the face. So, welcome to McDonald's. Can I take your order? Truth is, a lot of us, we kind of treat God that way, don't we? We walk up to God and we say, God, here's my order. Take it, you know. And we're all guilty of that. And that ain't how it works. But tonight, if you would turn your Bible to Exodus chapter number 3, uh, we're going to be reading in verse 7. And uh, we're going to be skipping uh, through verse 7 through 10 uh, this evening. And when you found your place, if you would please stand if you are able to. And the Bible says... And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people, which are in Egypt, and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters. For I know their sorrows, and I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. And if we skip down to the beginning of verse number 10, it says, Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh. And he's talking here to Moses. Uh, let us pray. Dear Lord, I want to thank you tonight, God, for the opportunity to get to call upon your name again. Lord, I want to thank you for the opportunity, God, to get to stand and proclaim your word. Father, I pray that you'd help us, God. Fill us up with your power, God. Help us to say what you'd have us to say this evening, God. Lord, I pray, God, for the hearts and the minds of your people, God, that you would that you would just speak to them, God, that they'd be, they'd be open to it, God. I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. First, I want to look at here, we see the compassion of God. Uh, it says that God here is declaring, he said, I have heard their cry. He said, I have felt their sufferings. I have seen their sorrows. And God is having compassion upon them. And he said, I am come down to deliver them. And that's exactly what we need in our nation is we need God to come down and to deliver us out of uh, the wickedness and perversion uh, that we have in our nation. Uh, but I want to see nextly, uh, without going too quickly, uh, we see next the call of God. He's talking to Moses. He said, come now therefore and I will send thee unto Pharaoh. Uh, we see that God, he's having compassion upon Israel. And now we see that God is calling Moses. God said, I am come down to deliver them. But then he said, I'm calling Moses to go do it for me. He's saying, I'm going to use Moses to make this thing happen. I'm going to use Moses as my instrument. And now don't you know if the children of Israel would have known in that moment that God said, I'm come down to deliver them. And then say, Moses is going to be my tool. You know, they would have said, no, it can't be. 
Lord, why would, why would you do that? Because they expect God to come riding in on this big white horse, a God of war, and to come in and take out the enemy. But God has chosen a man uh, to declare his word. And tonight, God has chosen man to stand and proclaim his gospel. God could have chose any creature out there in the world, and I don't know why he didn't. He could have chose the stars up above to shine and to declare his gospel. He could have chosen the birds uh, to sing and to declare his gospel. But no, he chose a sinful man to declare his gospel. And how careful we have to be with declaring his gospel. God could have chosen anything to be his messenger, but he chose man. And we see that Moses, we know, he, uh, he, said, he said, God, I can't do this. He said, I'm not able to speak. I can't even walk. I can't go out there and talk. They ain't even going to accept me. God, they're not going to listen to me. And if you get in the way of God, God could just move you aside and use somebody else. He could. But he was patient with Moses, and he said, this is what you're going to go do. And Moses finally got to the spot of obeying what God had called him uh, to do. Uh, I'll tell you tonight that God is using his people. God has fed people that they may go out and feed the hungry. God has reached that the reached may go out and reach. God has taught that the people that's been taught can go out and teach. And that is our job, uh, to go out and to be used of God and to declare uh, His Word and to tell people about Jesus. A preacher once said that he was praying. He said, God, save the lost. And God said, "Uh, I hear your prayer. Now go witness to them. Uh, Preacher said, go feed the hungry God. And he said, I've heard your prayer. Go feed them. I've gave you everything that you need to have to take care of this. Your The answer is lying in you yourself. The answer is lying in your obedience uh, tonight. Uh, you may be out there saying, God, I want to see a revival. We had 22 saved in Bible school. But, God, we want to see a bigger work. God, we want to see a bigger revival. We want to see something that will sweep this county. We want to see something that will sweep this nation. God, we want to see a revival. But the thing is, are you willing to have that. The answer lies with you. God's willing to answer it, but it's how far will you go for God? And I want to see thirdly, and I'll be done, that there's a, a criticality uh, to this call. Uh, Moses, listen here. The people of Israel, they're crying right now. Moses, the people of Israel, they're hurting right now. I tell you tonight, Bethel, uh, the lost, they are lost right now. Time is not getting any longer. Time is just getting shorter. Every second is a second wasted. I tell you, the hungry, they're getting hungrier right now. It's time that we uh, get together and we do what we need to do right now. There's a sense of urgency uh, to this call that God has placed upon His church, upon His people. The burdened, they have burdens right now. It's time, church, that we be a lighthouse. It's time that we be a willing instrument of God. It's time we let go of all the excuses of I can't do this, I can't do that, and just let God be God and just say, God, I'm willing to go. God, use me however you're willing to use me. That's the way we need to get to be. We need to get to be willing vessels uh, to God. He said, come now, Moses. And I'll tell you tonight, he's saying, come now, Bethel. He's saying, come now, Josh. Come now, Tyler. He's saying, come now. Now, 
Jerry. I'll tell you tonight, he's saying, come now, so-and-so. He's saying, I'm calling you to this work. Come now and serve me. I'll tell you tonight, be careful how you walk. Be careful how you talk. Be careful how you act because you're not only saved, but you are called by God to do his holy work. Yeah, I appreciate that message, Brother Luke. That's a good message. I like where Moses said, here am I. You know, that's our job. we got to say, here am I. It's the Lord's job to call us, and it's our job to respond to that calling. Uh, this evening, I want to preach out of 1 John chapter number 5, verse number 13. I have a simple thought this morning. I think it's a thought that each and every one of us as Christians and saved people will struggle with at some point in our life. Uh, 1 John chapter number 5 and verse number 13 the Bible says, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. Uh, this evening, I believe I want to preach on this thought, the ABCs of assurance. Also, uh, being Independence Day, I think we can also make the title Independence from Doubt. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you, God, for the opportunity to break open the bread of life, the opportunity to preach your word. God, I pray that you be with each and every preacher. God, as they come up, God, would you fill them up? God, would you anoint them? God, would you speak through them? God, get us out of the way that you might take over. God, help your people now, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So this morning, I want to preach about uh, having assurance. There's something that we all struggle with as Christians in our lives. There's going to be some doubt that comes our way about our salvation. And so this morning, I believe, and when we look at the book of 1 John, John is writing to the believer uh, that they might have the ability to evaluate the reality of their faith and be confident in their salvation. It's The Bible says in verse 13 that ye may know that you have eternal life. Uh, so I want you to search your heart this evening. I want you to think and I want you to ask God to search your heart that you might have assurance uh, against doubt and that you might be free and uh, have independence from your doubt. Firstly, this morning or this evening, I see uh, that we need to agree uh, with the Almighty. First John uh, one nine says this: uh, the Bible says here uh, it says, "If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness." Uh, so here we see that we need to agree uh, with the Almighty. That word "confess" it's "homo legal." Uh, when we look up those two words in the Greek, the word "homo" means a fellow. Uh, that's where we get "homo sapien." Uh, uh, we think about "legal." Uh, it means to be reasoning. Uh, uh, so when we put those two together, it's two fellows reasoning one with another. Uh, so when we confess our sins before God, we we're agreeing with God uh, that we are a sinner. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Uh, so when we confess that, we're saying, Lord, we know that we're a sinner and that we have messed up. Uh, and then we look at that word cleanse. Uh, it's the Greek word katharizo. It means to purify. It's where we get the word catheter from. If you think about the word catheter, it's used to purify the body of all infirmities and all the bad that's in the body. Uh, so when we confess 
confess before God and agree to Him that we are a sinner and confess our sin, He purifies us of our sin. He puts a heavenly catheter in us called the Holy Spirit and the Holy Ghost that will cleanse us of all our infirmities and all our sin when we ask Him to do that. So I want to think about this evening. Did you confess and did you agree to the Lord that you are a sinner? If you have to, you have to confess. That's a word. It says if. It's our job. God will draw us, but it's our job to confess. He gives us the choice. And if you have, then you have a promise given by God that He'll cleanse you of your sins. Secondly, I would see that there's a belief in the begotten. First John chapter 5, verse number 1 says, Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone that loveth Him that begot loveth Him also that is begotten of Him. Uh, the Bible says that you can know that you are saved if you believe that Jesus Christ uh, was born of God. Matthew 1 uh, 18 through 20 says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, uh, when as his mother Mary was a spouse of Joseph, uh, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, uh, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not. Uh, to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. So to be saved, you must truly believe that Jesus was born of a virgin, and He was born of the Holy Ghost. Uh, and John 3.16, uh, the one verse that we all know, and that's supposed to be driven into our hearts as children, it says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Uh, so I want you to search your heart. Do you truly believe? Uh, that in the begotten Son and that God gave His life or Christ gave His life through God uh, and that He died on a sin uh, and that you've got to truly believe that in your heart. It's not just a head knowledge. Uh, you truly got to believe that and know that. And, lastly, and then we see that there's a continuance of the course. 1 John chapter 2 and verse number 3 it says this. It says, And hereby we do know that we know Him if we keep His commandments. Uh, and it says we can know uh, that we are saved if we keep His commandments. It's a continuance of the course. I know in my life there's been times where it's made me sick to my stomach of doubt. The devil is just all over me about doubting my salvation. But if we know we have salvation if we keep His commandments. 1 John 1, 6-7 through says that if we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in His light as He is the light, we have fellowship one with another in the blood of Jesus Christ. His Son cleanses us from our sins. Uh, that walk uh, uh, that walk that we have, that we walk with Christ and we walk in the light, uh, that's a continuance of the course. Uh, and let me say this, that doesn't mean that there's not going to be obstacles that come up in your way. Uh, there's going to be obstacles that it's going to come up that might set you back a little bit. But as long as you kept pressing through those obstacles and keep walking towards God and walking in light, then you are probably saved. And you can know that you are saved. So I want you to think about that. When darkness comes, are you continuing to walk towards the light? And when obstacles come, lastly, I see there has to be a divine drawing. John chapter 6 and verse number 44 says, No man can come to me except the Father which sent me 
draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. So there has to be a divine drawing. If the Lord's drawing us to salvation, it's our job to go up and and to give in to that sin and give in and confess. We can't say, well, I'll come back tomorrow or I'll come back another day. If you did that and you didn't call upon the Lord when there was a divine drawing, you might not have got it. So this evening, I want you to think about that. I want you to search your heart. And if you've done these things and you can have assurance and you can be have independence from doubt. And if you've done those things, John 10, chapter, chapter number 10, verses 12 through 29, says that my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And I have given to them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which give them me is greater than all and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. So that this evening, if you've done those things, then you are saved. And that God, there's no way that you can lose your salvation. He says no man can pluck him from my hand. You, are, you can have assurance in your salvation. Revelation 3, 5 says, He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed with white raiment. And I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father. Uh, so this evening, if you search your heart and you've done these things, you can have assurance and know, and I know that the Lord will never blot your name out. You can rest assured that you have salvation. And when the devil comes your way and tries to make you doubt, uh, you can just turn to the book uh, and you can turn to these verses uh, and you can know that you have salvation. You can be rest assured that you'll never be able to lose it no matter how much the devil tries to make you think so. Amen. That was great. You get to preaching the Holy Ghost, I might let you run about 30 minutes. I like that, amen. I like preaching in the Holy Ghost. Our next preacher, Brother Josh Forbes, y'all make him feel welcome. Amen, amen, amen. Ain't God good to us? He sure is. Whether you realize it or not, whether you want to admit it or not, God is good to us. Uh, and there's no two ways around it. There's nothing we could do that would take away from His goodness and nothing we could do to put to His goodness, but He is good, amen. Uh, if we'll turn your Bibles to the book of, uh, of Romans, we're going to be in chapter 1. Now, what I'm going to try and attempt to do tonight, and God my, as my help, uh, I'm going to take a two-part series that I've preached before and jam it into a five- to seven-minute uh, uh, message. So you guys uh, pray for me while I preach tonight. Uh, and if I get long-winded, you just drag me out of here, and I'll, I'll sit down and be quiet. Uh, but this is what I think God's laid on my heart after the message that, that the pastor preached this morning and after all that uh, uh, God has been doing here in, uh, lately in our, in our nation and then all the things that have been going on in our nation. Uh, this is what I think God has laid on my heart. So we'll go ahead and read the Scripture and get right into it uh, thus to, as to save time. But we'll start in verse 21 and read all the way. Uh, to the end of the chapter, the Bible says in, in verse 21, Because that he knew God, they glorified him not as God, n- neither uh, were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, uh, and changed the glory of an uncorruptible God into an image made like unto a corruptible man, and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. 
who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped, this is important, worshiped and and served the creature uh, more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Uh, for this cause God gave them up unto vile affections, and for, uh, and for even their women did change the, their natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men leaving the natural use of women burn their lusts at one toward another, uh, men with men working that which is unseemly, uh, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error uh, which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind and to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, and whispers, uh, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, uh, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, uh, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, uh, but have pleasure in them that do. Uh, so what I want to point out tonight, just for a few moments, just as while I'm up here preaching, uh, is that here in our country and even in the world of, of earth that, we, that, that we're living in, we have some problems. Uh, now there's problems in in government, there's problems in uh, in the world and on the street and in the big city and in the country, uh, and there's problems in the church. Uh, now, we have different problems, but there are some things that are the same problems uh, in between humanity all together as a whole. There are some problems that we have, uh, and that we have problems... Uh, uh, problems like homosexuality and murder. That's what uh, uh, the, the Paul was talking about there, how the women turned against their natural cause and how the men burned their lust into one another. He's talking about homosexuality. It's been a sin. It was a sin then and it's a sin now. No matter what the Congress votes and no matter uh, what you and I think or what you and I say or what to, uh, some jack-leg politician says, the Bible says it's a sin and it's a sin. Uh, we see things like murder, murders rampant. Uh, we see all these school shootings and little babies getting killed in the womb. I thank God for a few good men up high and in places of power that overturned Roe versus Wade and set that back down to uh, the state. But people in this world and people in this country are defending the murder of helpless, defenseless babies. Uh, and that is a sin. I don't care how you look at that. Uh, and I don't care what you think about that either. The Bible says it. Uh, the difference between a boy and a girl and, and, and all these things that are going on. That's their sins and those are problems in our world. And all those problems stem uh, from one thing. And then that, they, they really do. You say, that's impossible. There's no way. But I'm telling you, they all, everyone stem from the same problem. If you'll go back with me uh, to verse 25 for just a moment, it says, uh, uh, who changed, listen, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped the served worship and serve the creature more than the creator. So that's the cause and the, 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 the point uh, where all this started is whenever the world, whenever America, whenever the church started worshiping and serving the created rather than the creator. Uh, when we forgot about the God who created the mountains with his hands and spoke the light into existence uh, and made galaxies and, and planets and stars far, far, far away from here so that we could see them on a, night, on a clear night sky and have light, that same God, we've forgotten all about him. We've, we started creating our own gods and making ourselves gods. Uh, 
God uh, and picked in and picked up some uh, uh, some God that can't do a thing but sit in a room. Uh, we think we turn things like a uh, like our job into God. We turn things like our car into God. We turn things uh, uh, like uh, uh, our cell phone into God, or maybe uh, we turn our dollar bills into God. Uh, but we turn everything that's not God into God and forget God and leave Him behind in the church and say, "Well, we'll pick Him back up on Sunday uh, when we get back into the house." Uh, but uh, other than that, we're just going to leave him behind. We're just going to sit without him. Uh, we don't need him. Oh, he's done good for us in the past, but we don't need him anymore. And that's why I'm telling you there's no debate about it. That's why that we're in such a mess and in such a shape that we're in. That's why there's uh, so much murder and sin going on in our lives and in our, in our even in this hometown. Meth is run rampant. Some of you police officers can tell and, and, and give testimony to how much meth is in our area. It's disgusting, and I'm telling you, it's here, and you don't, you don't have to see it to know. I'm telling you tonight that there's so much going on just in Mitchell, Yancey, and Avery County that would blow your mind, and it's all because we forgot God, we've left Him behind, uh, and we've uh, just said, well, the fool on you, we're going to do it our own way. Uh, now, that, just, that sounds like I'm being mean and being harsh, and I'm trying to tell you the truth tonight. Uh, but it wouldn't be a, a message if I didn't have a, 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 a solution for the problem. And I do praise God that he gives his people uh, and he gives the people on this earth a way out to get out of the sin, get out of the muck and the mire that they're in. And I'm telling you, uh, one, the first solution to these problems, the first solution to, uh, to the, all the things I've said, uh, obviously, is Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, and how he affects your life and how you put where and how you put him in your life. Uh, a lot of times, uh, uh, which I'll just keep on going this right here, uh, uh, the things going on in our nation, the things going on uh, uh, in these big cities and even right here in our little town, the things going on uh, that's nobody's fault but the church's fault. And you say, are oh, you got to be kidding me. Come on. But I'm serious. It's not, the, the, it's not just the lost people that are creating the Creator or, 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 or worshiping the Creator, excuse me, and serving the Created. It's, uh, it's the church as well. It's, we've, put, we've done and kept God inside our church. We've done and, and put God in that box and wait until we have a hard time and, or until we need Him to pick Him up. And that's what's causing all these problems. Uh, uh, but listen, we need some Christians. We need some people. Let's go to 1 Corinthians real quick, real quick. First uh, Corinthians chapter three, real fast, uh, so I don't run out of time. I want to read this to you and just get done real quick. Uh, but First Corinthians three, uh, the first of the chapter. Well, I've done went too far. Uh, it says, uh, "And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal. Listen close, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it; neither yet are ye now able." For ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envy and strife and division, ye are, uh, are ye not carnal and walk as men? So that's the problem with our church this, this evening as we stand tonight. We're living in carnal, sinful, fleshly lives, uh, and we're not doing anything. We're like, like, like Tyler and Luke said, we're not getting out and serving God. We're not doing the things uh, uh, that God has told us to do, and that's the cause uh, of, and the root of, of all our problems. Uh, and the solution is for the church to get back to God, uh, to start worshiping God, the real God, the mighty God, the God of the Bible, uh, to start serving the God that created the universe, uh, uh, to start serving the Jesus that died on the cross, uh, not the Jesus who they think ate, ate, ate with sinners because he uh, was okay with their sin, but the, the, the Jesus that ate with sinners because he was going to 
tell them the gospel and they was going to get saved. That Jesus, uh, we've left that Jesus behind. We've left him in the church doors and sitting in the church pews. Uh, and we've, we've lost all use for him. We need some Christians. Uh, the world, the world, the nation needs some Christians that are going to stand up, uh, not live carnally, uh, not live in the flesh, forget their fleshly lusts uh, and leave those behind. Speed, feed their spirit instead of their flesh uh, and live for Christ Jesus. Uh, we need some Christians. This is my very last thing I'm going to say. Uh, and you don't have to agree, but it's Bible. Uh, we need some Christians uh, uh, that hate sin as much as God hates sin. Amen. Good job, Preacher Josh. Good job. Y'all like that? Listen, enjoy that. Our next preacher is going to be Preacher Daniel Engel. Y'all give Brother Daniel a good Bethel welcome. They come on there. We've been appreciating the service so far. Listen to a lot of good preaching there, and we'll say what we believe the Lord's got on our hearts. We'll get out of the way so the rest of them can get up here. We would tonight turn with you to Bibles to the book of Luke, chapter number 17. Start reading here, and then we'll jump back to Genesis chapter number 19. The book of Luke, chapter number 17. We'll start reading in verse number 22, if you would, when you find your place. If you would, stand in reverence to the reading of the Word of God there tonight. Luke chapter 17, verse number 22. The Word says, And it said unto the disciples, The days will come when ye shall desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and ye shall not see it. And they shall say to you, See here, or see there. Go not after them, nor follow them. For as the lightning that lighteneth out of the one part under heaven, shineth unto the other part under heaven, so shall also the Son of Man be in his day. But first must he suffer many things, and be rejected of this generation. And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it also be in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise also, as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. In that day he which shall be upon the housetop and his stuff in the house, let him not come down to take it away. And he that is in the field, let him likewise not return back. Remember Lot's wife. We'll start reading off right there just to think about that last verse, verse number 32, those three words. Remember Lot's wife. Let's pray. It was kind and gracious and dear Heavenly Father to the Lord. We thank you once again for this opportunity we have to be gathered back in your house here tonight. Father, thank you for all the many blessings you've given to us. Lord, for the freedom we have in this nation. Lord, for the spiritual freedom that you gave us when you saved us by the blood of your Son. Father, I pray that you forgive us now for our sins. Forgive us the times we have failed you. Lord, take the reading of your word here tonight. Bless it and use it as you see fit. Lord, just take the reins of the service. Bless all those that's coming after that you'd give them the utterance that they need to, Lord. Give them a double portion. We'd ask and pray. We thank you for everything that you've done, what you're doing, what you promised you shall do. In Jesus' name, we'd ask and pray. Amen. Amen. Thinking about remember Lot's wife. Lot's wife is mentioned here in this passage and also again in Genesis chapter number 19. The Bible never mentions her name. We don't know much about her other than, of course, what happened to her. But yet Jesus thought it was important enough to include here to tell his disciples to remember Lot's wife. 
So you have to remember what happened to Lot's wife. Well, to find that out, let's go back to the source of where it came from. The book of Genesis in chapter number 19. Of course, a fairly familiar passage of Scripture. We've heard a lot said about Lot. If we've been in church in any time, of, in any point of our lifetime, and been there for a while. But of course, in this chapter here, verse number 12 is where we're speaking up in Genesis chapter number 19. Said so the man said unto Lot, Hast thou here any besides son-in-law and thy sons and thy daughters and whatsoever thou hast to this city? Bring them out of this place. For we will destroy this place, because the cry of them is waxen great before the face of the Lord. And the Lord has sent us to destroy it. And Lot went out and spake unto his sons-in-law, which married his daughters, and said, Up, get you out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. But he seemed as one that mocked unto his sons-in-law. Boy, that's a sad state of affairs there, isn't it? Verse 15, And when the morning arose, then the angels hastened Lot, saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters, which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. And while he lingered, the man laid hold upon his hand, and upon the hand of his wife, and upon the hand of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful unto him, and they brought him forth, and set him without the city. And it came to pass, when they had brought them forth abroad, that he said, Escape for thy life. Look not behind thee, neither stay thou in all the plain. Escape to the mountain, lest thou be consumed. And Lot said unto them, O not so, my Lord, behold now. Thy servant hath found grace in thy sight, and thou hast magnified thy mercy, which thou hast showed unto me in saving my life, and I cannot escape to the mountain, lest some evil take me, and I die. Behold now, this city is near to flee into, and it is a little one. Oh, let me escape thither. Is it not a little one, and my soul shall live? And he said unto him, See, I have accepted thee concerning this thing also. Boy, ain't you thankful for God's patience and mercy toward us, that I will not overthrow this city for which thou hast spoken. Haste thee, escape thither, for I cannot do anything till thou become thither. Therefore the name of that city was called Zoar. The sun was risen upon the earth when Lot entered into Zoar. Then the Lord rained upon Sodom and Gomorrah, brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities and all the plain and all the inhabitants of the cities and that which grew upon the ground. But his wife looked back from behind him and she became a pillar of salt. Got three quick points I want to bring out there tonight, Lord willing. As we think about, first off, think about being a classic day. That was during this day and that was there. It was a typical day of business. It was a normal day of business. Right before this right there, of course, we know that the Lord came out, visited Abraham, and he said, I'm not going to hide from you what I'm going to do. Abraham went out and began to, get to intercede on the behalf of Lot, saying it would be 50, whether it would be 40, 30. He kept going down the line, and the Lord said, if there be so many righteous there, I will spare the city. Of course, we know that it wasn't found. But God being merciful to Lot and his family, Lot, of course, as we think about what the New Testament said, it says that he was a righteous man. He vexed his soul with a filthy conversation of the wicked. Every day he was there. He was in a place he shouldn't have been. But it was a normal, typical day of business before that. The sun went down. The sun was coming up just like it had done every other night. But not only was it a classic, typical day, it was a cloudy day. How was it cloudy? Because they were spiritually blinded. Their clouded vision was there within that city. They were going about their daily business, not thinking about what's going to happen on to tomorrow, thinking they're just going to go out and buy and sell and get game. But as we know, the Bible says, we ought to say, if the Lord will. None of us has a promise what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't know what's going to happen to this nation tomorrow. I don't know what's going to happen to me tonight. I don't know what's going to happen. The Lord's got a plan, and all we can do is live the best we can every minute and be prepared and ready to go. That's what's happening in that day and age there. Pastor preached a great message this morning. I believe that our weather today, spiritual-wise, this nation is cloudy. They're blinded, blinded to what's happening in this nation. And we think about next, we think about there being a calamitous day. We know that it was a day of judgment. It came upon quickly. 
We know the night before that they became in there. And of course, Lot, the Bible says even here that he lingered. It says they laid hold upon them and said, Go, and said to set them forth outside of the city. They were lingering, not willing to leave it there. You know, we get so sidetracked by seeing the things in this life and looking at what's around us, whether it be, you know, possessions or whether it be the lifestyle that we've got. We get so caught up in it, we don't want to leave it behind, even when judgment is staring us in the face. God had sent them the messenger. He told them, don't even look behind you. But of course, what happened? She just couldn't let go of what was behind that was there. As Christ said, remember Lot's wife. Could you just imagine, put yourself in her shoes. I wonder what kind of noise that would have been right there. Think about the fire and the brimstone. And we know even later on, it even says that Abraham rose up and he saw the smoke as the smoke of a furnace was ascending upon the plain that was there. The whole plain was burnt up. Could you imagine the commotion behind? Instead of just running and looking ahead to that city that was there, which by the way was a city of salvation. It was a city of hope, a city of escape from everything that she was going to leave behind. But instead of running to that, she decided to turn around and think about what am I leaving behind? What baggage am I leaving there? What am I leaving behind there? That lifestyle, the old life, social status, filling the blank with what is there. What happened to her? She became a pillar of salt. Lost it out right there. She had the chance at salvation. She had the chance of repentance, but she left it there. We even saw there in the book of Luke, it talked about the previous verse. We said, remember Lot's wife, and said, if there be one in the house, let him not worry about going down and getting the things that's there. We don't need to worry about packing our bags to what we've got around us here. We need to be ready to leave it alone. What type of baggage are we carrying around? What type of baggage are we willing to look behind and linger around for? The book of Mark, chapter 8, verse number 36 says this, For what shall it profit a man? If he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul. What are you hanging on to there tonight? Maybe you've never come to know Christ as your Savior. Anything that's here on this earth is not worth it. Leave it behind. Follow Him to the place of salvation He's got before you. You've heard these men of God preach there. He's going to draw you. If He's speaking to you tonight, don't wait. You have no promise. Judgment is coming. The date or the hour, none of us know when it's going to happen. That trump's going to sound. Dead in Christ are going to rise first. But we which are alive remain and be caught up together to meet Him in the air. If you ain't ready tonight, behold, today is the day of salvation. Christians, you may be saved, ready to go, but what type of baggage are they carrying around? We know the Bible says, laying aside the sin and the weight which just so easily beset us. Set it down and leave it behind. It just isn't worth it. Amen. Thank you, Brother Daniel. Appreciate that so much. That was great. Enjoying that? I was sitting up here looking here at the landscaping around. It's beautiful, isn't it? And right here, there's the weirdest thing. Me and Brother Larry's noticing. There's a pumpkin right there. There's a pumpkin growing up right there. You just never know when you're sowing seeds and what the Lord's doing amongst you, and a pumpkin just begins to grow. We're going to leave it and see if we get a big old pumpkin. Come this fall, amen. All right, y'all get welcome to get ready to welcome our next preacher, Brother Zach Huskins. Y'all give a good welcome. They always say you should leave the best for last, so I'm thankful that I'm not last. <laughs> so, if you have your Bible, well, you have your Bible with you, I hope. I'm going to be preaching out of First Timothy chapter two.
And I'm going to begin in verse number one. It says, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come under the knowledge of the truth. Now, it's no coincidence that I've noticed a lot of the preachers that have come before me have talked about our nation. I, for one, love where I live. And I believe that in these four verses, we find the secret to keeping America great. Number one, I believe the first thing we can do is to pray for America. When the first Continental Congress met, and they were debating how the Declaration of Independence should be written. Benjamin Franklin is quoted as saying, Gentlemen, if it is true that not one single petal from any flower falls to the ground without escaping God's attention, will the distress of this nation go unheeded? Let us therefore determine to seek his face. And after having said that, 56 signers of the Declaration of Independence went to their knees and began to pray and seek God's wisdom. Now, can you imagine what would happen if that were to happen in our Congress and Supreme Court today? If they were to say, Almighty God, what do you want for this nation? If we are going to see good come to America, we, the church, the call of God, God's people, we need to pray for America and our leaders. How effective are your prayers? James chapter 5, verse 16 says, The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Satan's chief concern is keeping Christians like you and me from praying. When someone, want, someone once said, The devil trembles when he sees the weakest Christian on his knees. How can we keep America great, church? We have to begin by praying. Number two, I believe we have to share Christ. The unbelieving world has made its message incredibly clear. The LGBT community has spoken out. Gay marriages are performed every day. God's creations have been slandered and considered obsolete to society that believes children are no longer bound to their biological gender. In fact, there are many who believe gender no longer exists. Family values are a laughingstock. Violence and sin are prevalent in media. The enemies of God have spoken loud and clear. And every time there's one thing in common, our leaders are listening to them. We are doing very little to speak out as a witness for the Lord. We're content to sit at our homes, to shake our heads at the direction our country is heading. We're too content to sit in church and say amen to the sermon, but do very little outside the church to be a witness for the Lord. God expects us to use the freedom that our founding fathers made possible to be a witness for Christ in this sinful world in which we live. And if God lives in you, he ought to show through. And the lost and dying world around us should see him in us. The only hope for America is Jesus. If you believe that, listen to what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5. Let your light so shine before men that they might see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. In the book of Psalms, chapter 33, verse 12, the Bible says, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. When our nation, including those who call themselves Christians, cease to look at God, we cease to be blessed by God. 
Our forefathers claimed this nation for God, and today we need to reclaim it for God. I know that was short, but that was what the Lord gave me. Man, I enjoyed that, Brother Zach. Our next preacher is going to be Brother Jerry Sparks, and as he's coming up here, I can't get away from that pumpkin that's growing over here. Look at all these other flowering things. There's rhododendrons, and there's, yeah, there's snowballs, and snowball plants, and there's daisies over here, and that pumpkin sitting here thinking, I'm so out of place. I don't belong. I belong out in the field somewhere. I don't belong in here with all these other plants. I'm, yeah. I'm different. I'm different. Yet right there it sits, right in front of God's house, <laughs> to bring praise and glory to the Lord. And it may Amen. be that you're here tonight, and you may feel like the pumpkin amongst all these other things that's here flowering, but God sees you just as important as every other plant in the field. And God says, I want you to grow where I planted you. I don't know how that thing got there. I didn't plant it. Brother Larry didn't plant it. I don't know how it got there. But God planted it there. God sent it there. And if God put it there, let her grow. Amen. And I'm telling you, I appreciate what God's doing. Don't you? All right. Make Brother Jerry Sparks welcome. Amen. It's good to be here tonight. I appreciate the Lord. Uh, um, I hope you've come to hear from the Lord. If you come to see me, you're going to be disappointed. Because it ain't about me. It's about him. Amen. But I appreciate the Lord. Uh, I want to read uh, some real familiar scripture, and I'll try my best to hurry. If you have your Bibles, turn to Hebrews chapter number 12, and when you find your place, I'll ask you to stand to the reading of the Word of God. The Bible says in verse 1, it says, Wherefore, seeing we also were compassed about with such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that which doeth us, and easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Let us pray. Dear Lord, I thank you, Lord, for this time. I thank you, Lord, for the privilege to stand here behind this uh, special podium. And, Lord, I don't take it lightly. And I pray, Lord, that you'd help me to say stuff and lift up your name. And, Lord, just glorify you. I thank you for all the other men of God that's been before me, the message they brought. Lord, I ask you, Lord, we'd take them and apply them to our lives. Lord, that we might not sin against thee. Thank you, Lord, for a place called Calvary where you laid your life down and died for an old hog gut sinner, somebody like me. Lord, I deserve hell, but I don't have to go there tonight because of Calvary. And I thank you, Lord, for that. And I ask you, Lord, that you just be with me now. Help me to preach what you'd have me to preach in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God being my helper, I want to preach on this thought for just a few minutes. And I hope it'll help you. I want to preach on wait on the Lord. Have patience. That's something we all don't have no more. We don't have no patience. We want something. I, I'm kind of like a, the old saying of J.G. Wentworth. It's my money and I want it now. Amen. That's just the way we are. But let me say this. Our time and our ways is different from God's. God's ways is the best ways. What he does is best. He don't never make no mistakes. And I thank him for that. But I thought about this as I read this. And uh, it said there that, Wherefore, seeing we're also are compassed about with such great cloud of witnesses. Look around us, folks. That's why we're here tonight. Witnesses for God. To be what we need to be for Him. Show that we love Him. We need to be faithful to the house of God. We need to be there and show Him that we love Him and stand up for Him. You know, I'm not ashamed to stand up and witness no matter where I'm at. 
I've been, I've been on vacation before and be on the balcony of a motel room talking to people about Jesus. And my wife told me I better shut up. I'm going to get us killed. But I didn't. I, I don't care. I was ready to go. I'm just going to brag on the Lord where I'm at. But it goes on right here and it says, To lay aside every weight. What's got you down tonight? What, what's a, what's a, what are you carrying around? I mean, what, if we're saved, we ain't got nothing to worry about. We're going home to be with Jesus. You know, I thought about Sister Nella. She went on to be with the Lord this evening. And I'd like to see what she's seeing, Brother Darren. I mean, I'd like to just look upon the Lord's face. But I'm not going to go until my time comes. And you're not going to your time comes. But the main thing is you need to be saved. You need to be ready. We're not promised like Brother Daniel said tomorrow. We just need to be ready. And I go on right here and I thought about the next verse. And I like this. It says, let us run with patience. The race is set before us. You know, when you run a race, a race is something you've got to set out. And your, your uh, ejection is to be able to cross the finish line. And when you're driving in a race, like I thought about the NASCAR drivers, they have got to be careful every move they make on that track. If they don't, they'll hit somebody or wreck, and they'll be out of it. They'll be, it'll be the end of it. I mean, they ain't got nothing to drive. Well, that's the same way as a Christian. That's what we need to do. We need to watch every move we do, every make we are, wherever we are, no matter where we're at, somebody's watching us. Where you're at work, in the church, it don't matter where. Somebody's watching, especially the Lord himself. And then I thought about this. You know, we, we all want everything to go our way. But things ain't, it ain't a bed of roses, folks. Being a Christian is the greatest thing you could ever do. The greatest decision you ever make is when you ask God to come into your heart in salvation. That's the greatest thing you'll ever do. Nothing else matters. Where you're going to spend eternity is the only thing that makes a difference. And it goes on here. And, uh, uh, you know, I thought about uh, uh, where it says, they're looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. You know, I'm glad he's the author. He's the one that brought this world. God created the world in six days. And on the seventh day, he rested. And I think seventh day is Sunday, and we need to rest on Sunday. If we got work to do, I've seen so many people out mowing yards on Sunday. God help them. I mean, they've got six days to do stuff like that. But those people need the Lord. I don't think them people saved. I really believe that. They need Jesus. They need to realize what it's about, and it's about Him. And it goes on and says that He's the author and the finisher. I'm thankful that He's the finisher. Amen. One of these days when the rapture takes place and we all go home to be of the Lord, if that's the way He wants us to go or by the grave, then this world's going to be burned up. It ain't going to be here no more. I ain't going to have to worry about it. I'm going to be home with the Lord. Amen. And it goes on here, and I want to go over here to, and read one more verse, and I'll be done here in a few minutes. And this is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. And this is Isaiah 40, 31. Listen to this. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, and they shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall not walk and not faint. You know, every time we sing that song, thank God I'm free. The second verse, like a bird out of prison. And I know you people think I'm crazy, which I am. I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. I'll do like this. Somebody, Brother Michael, I was a blue suit, was he? said, Jerry, what are you doing up there? I told him I was a practicing for takeoff. And I'm going to fly one day. And I'm going home. And you t- I'll tell you what. You think a jet airplane can move on? I'm going to be in heaven, the Bible says, in the twinkling of an eye. Just like that, I'm going to be home. I mean, faster than you could even think about it. But I thought about this verse, and I thought about this eagle. You know, this eagle is a, it's a beautiful bird. 
The eagle and the hawk is about the same thing. There's a little bit of difference. But you think about an eagle when he's, when he's flying, he spreads his wings spread. That's how God does with us. He puts us under his wings, takes care of his children. We, we've not got nothing to worry about. Heaven's my home, and I'm glad of that tonight. I don't worry about nothing. I mean, we do worry, but, you know, I've got a, I was telling Brother John Jackson earlier, I've got two little old birds. It's a little thing about this high sitting on my table in the living room, and it's got two bears there, and they're holding crosses, two wooden crosses. And it says underneath there, it said, when you're down, look up. Amen? That's what we need to do. We need to pray more. We need to trust God more. And we need to just do what he'd have us to do. And it says here that he'll renew our strength. Have you ever been discouraged, disheartened, down and out? I'm going to be honest with you, I have. More than once. I get aggravated at some things, and, I, and, and, and I'll just think something in my mind, and I, and I shouldn't think that, and I just have to bow my head and say, Lord, forgive me. I'm human just like anybody else. We're all human, sinners saved by grace. But I like that he said he'll renew your strength. If we'll just turn to him, give him everything we've got, and do our best to serve him, he's going to watch over us. He said, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. Amen. He's there all the time. And it says here that they should, that we shall run and be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. And I got to thinking about this. I can't wait. This old body's getting some age on it. I'm, get, I'm getting tired. And I can't help it. That's just part of life. But when I get to heaven and I get a body like Jesus, we'll be like him, the Bible says. And I'll be glad that I'll have a glorified body. I won't have to worry about nothing. I won't have to do nothing. Or, and, and right now I can shout for a little while when I get in the spirit. But when we get that glorified body, you talk about shouting around the throne of God, I'm not going to stop. I mean, I'm just going to say, holy, holy, holy. Bless his holy name. And that's what we need to do down here. I mean, if we're quiet down here, what are we going to do when we get to heaven? I mean, we need to lift the name of Jesus up. Say, thank you, Lord, for every blessing you've given me. Thank you for salvation. I thought about it as he was walking up Calvary carrying that cross. And they beat him to death. And he went up through there. And every step he took, he barely couldn't make it. I don't see how he had the strength to do it myself. But think about it. He carried it all the way until they come to Simon and said, You carry his cross. And every step he was taking... I believe he is looking at us and saying, I love you. I love you. Every step is agape love. Thank God for that. If it wasn't for his love, we'd all be in hell tonight. And his mercy and his grace. But I thank him for that. But, but let me say this and I'll be done. Wait on the Lord. Be patient. He's coming. I don't know when. I know I'm ready. And I, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't hurt my feelings if you step out on the clouds right, right now. And let's just pull out of here and get out of here. What a time to go. You know, uh, July 4th is a, is a wonderful day. I thank God for America and all the ones that fought and won our independence where we'd have freedom. But my mom passed away on July the 5th at 5 after 12 midnight, and it's been 19 years ago. I don't know where it's when. It's flew by. But when the Lord took her, I said, thank you, Lord. Laying there suffering like that. And you get to that point and you can't, you, you can't do nothing. Same thing with my sister. You say, well, I hate for her loss. I don't. I'm kind of jealous. She got to go before I did. Amen. 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 But I'm going to go one day and I'm going to be with the Lord. But just be patient. Don't get in no hurry. 
serve the Lord and do like that eagle. But when the eagle flies, it keeps its eyes dead ahead, what it's doing. If they don't, it's liable to crash into something and die or get killed. Well, that's what we need to do. We need to keep our eyes on the Lord. Focus on Him. Don't worry about the things of the world that's going on. We can't change them. We can just pray about it, and that's it. Just, just focus on Jesus. Give Him all the honor and the glory that He deserves. He's worthy of it tonight. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Appreciate you listening. What eagle, if he gets anything after him, you know what he does? He takes that wave, gets him a good thermal ride going way up high, and when he does, he goes straight into the sunshine. That's what he does. God's given him such an eye, he goes straight into the sun. The other animals that try to come after him can't handle flying straight to the sun. They have to veer away. You know what you and I need to do when we get in trouble? Somebody gets after us, go straight to the sun. Amen. Amen. Thank y'all for being here tonight. I'm asking if you will please stand. Backyard Baptist, I like it. I'm asking Brother Larry also. Brother Larry, would you come up here? Dismiss us in prayer, Brother Larry. Talk about pumpkins if you want oh, to. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, I grow them things. You got to spray them every day, but look how pretty them is. God's take care of them. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you, dear Father, Lord, for your love and your mercy, dear Father, Lord, upon our life. Lord, we thank you for such a, a great spirit, Lord, we felt here tonight. Lord, we thank you for all these young preachers you give us, Lord. We thank you for what they mean to us, Lord, in our hearts and our lives, Lord. We pray, God, you let us to take what they preach us, Lord, into our hearts, dear Father, Lord, and take it out of the world this week, Lord, and use it, dear Father, Lord, that some lost sinner and lost soul, Lord, might see you, dear Father, and pray, God, you just help us, dear Father, Lord, for all you do for us, Lord, be the sick and afflicted, and I pray, God, you'd be the lost loved ones, Lord, I pray, God, you'd be their hearts, dear Father, Lord, and all you do, Lord, we'll thank you and praise you for that you do, in Jesus' name.